Hello, friends. Welcome to season two of the Dr. B Show, sponsored by 111 Spa and Aesthetics, Get More Clicks Media, and Bora Consulting Group's Transforming Your Way to Success online course. Hello, friends. In this episode of season two of the Dr. B Show, I interview my lovely friend, Valeria Aloe, principal and founder of Alpha Quest Consulting and founder of Abundancia Consciente, the science of extraordinary results. This is a combination of two interviews. We discuss her road, her journey to where she's at today, and also her new book. Enjoy the interview. Hi, Dr. B here. Are you struggling to get rid of stubborn fat but don't want to have plastic surgery? 111 Spa and Aesthetics Non-Invasive Slimming Massage can help you get the body you always wanted. 111 Spa and Aesthetics can also help you when it comes to cellulite treatments and body contouring massage. 111 Spa and Aesthetics offers a full range of skincare services, including facials, acne, scar treatments, skin tightening, microdermaspiration, and more. 111 Spa and Aesthetics are trained professionals with extensive skincare experience and utilize only the best equipment possible. For more information, please visit their website at www.111aesthetics.com. That's one O N E eleven. L-E-V-E-N SpaAesthetics.com located at 10 East Munaki Road in Hackensack, New Jersey 07601 and to make an appointment don't miss out 201-520-1777 201-520-1777 Spa and Aesthetics Hi everyone my name is Dr. Jairo Borja also known as Dr. B, and welcome to the Dr. B Show, where I'm your host, Dr. B. I have a, my great guest today. I have Valeria. Hello, Valeria. How are you today? Very good, Jairo. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. This is recorded during the holiday season, so happy holidays to you and your family. Thank you to you as well. Thank you. Thank you. Let's get right to it. Let's jump right to it. So tell the audience who you are and then what you do with your two respective brands, which is Alpha Quest Consulting and then Abundancia Consciente. So I'm a Latina. I'm from Argentina. I came to the U.S. in 2002 for an MBA at Dartmouth. And my story starts in a small town in Argentina, in a small rural town. I'm from a little town, and I always joke that we were 10,000 people and 20,000 cows. <laughs> <laughs> it was in a rural town, and I was the first one to go to college, the first one to achieve many things in my, in my family. College, a corporate career, came to the U.S. I paid for my full education since I was 18, so it was a long journey up to this point. And one thing that I learned from my family was to serve, to use our talents. That has been, you know, role model for my parents. I learned that from them. They are very active with the community in Argentina. My brother is extremely active as well. So I learned that growing up, the importance of contributing everything that you receive and all the opportunities you have and your, the talents you develop, the educational opportunities you receive to better the community. So that's how essentially I opened my own business. That's Alpha Quest. And I can tell you a little, little bit more later about Abundancia Consciente that has a social mission of serving our Hispanic community. 
Yeah, it's one of my questions, so I'm gonna get to it in a little bit. So cool. So, so I I checked out your profile. Um, you you mentioned something interesting about Dartmouth. So tell me about. I remember you. I think I sat in one of your recorded seminars, but it's okay. Uh, it was recorded, but I'll take it. I'll take it. So you spoke about the, your journey about Dartmouth. I know you had a lot of struggles. Uh, can you tell us about that experience? Yes. So. Getting into Dartmouth was, um, <laughs> at that point, was extremely challenging. We were in Argentina in 2001 in the middle of a huge, huge economic upheaval. Right. So it's at the same time that the bubble here exploded in 2001. So in Argentina, the cycles, the economic cycles are even more pronounced. So all my life I had been about what's next for me, right? What's next? And in terms of education, about career. So my husband and I, we got married. And a year later, we decided to come to the U.S. in the middle of that huge crisis. So we still still had our jobs, right. but our money got trapped in the bank. So right. our savings to come to pay. The, the little we had to pay for education and then we had huge student loans got trapped in the bank. Right. So it was a very uh, difficult situation that many in our countries may have heard about. Yeah. And not only that, it was a cultural adjustment. So I have to say, and I, have, I do not say this um, publicly too much, but I used to hang out only with people who spoke Spanish when I moved to the U.S. <laughs> right, right. It's okay. And understandably so, right? So, <laughs> it was very hard for me to, to really feel comfortable in a different culture. I had studied English for 10 years, but I didn't feel really uh, confident about my English. So I did, I, I avoided <laughs> as right. much as I could right. that contact with the American community. So I used to hang out a lot with the Hispanics. Then the job search was a huge challenge as well because my husband and I were looking for a job in the same city and we had a student visa. So it was really hard work and a lot of barriers and self-doubt and lack of self self-confidence to overcome, you know, to, to, to really achieve what was next in my life. So that, that was a hard part of Dartmouth. Then I have to say, we got our jobs. I started my corporate career again. I, I started my family. I had two kids. And that's when a huge challenge showed up again in my life because I had this corporate job. I had my kids and I tried to do everything perfectly. You know, right. like check all the boxes and do yeah. it perfectly, which perfect is an illusion. And in 2016, I had a burnout. That's when physically, emotionally, I just had to stop everything that I was doing because I just couldn't continue. That's when my life con completely changed. And that's how I discovered my purpose and my mission, which is where I'm on to now. So, you know, you can say that every challenge brings a blessing. Yeah. And that was a major challenge in 2016 that brought a major blessing. No, I agree 100%. Everything, everything happens for a reason, right? So you got you was burnt out, and then you obviously at that point you found your purpose, right? But we'll get to 2017 in a little bit, right? So I want to go back in time a little bit. So you did work at the big four, one of the big four, PwC, Procter and Gamble, McKinsey for a bit. So how did that, how did that experience help you to like to run your business today? That experience was, um, I, I have to say, those experiences were great schools. 
the exposure to people from different backgrounds, different countries, the training that I received in those companies, particular with, if you think about PwC, um, learning numbers and financial statements to the detail, like being super comfortable with financial statements. And then with Procter & Gamble, it was all about marketing and business development. So areas that for people are usually different, like completely apart. Whomever dedicates their life to finances usually doesn't go into marketing and vice versa. So having exposure to those two gave me like a breadth of skills that I can now help businesses and you know organizations looking into a broad range of issues. And I understand the broad range of issues. So that's you know the great experience from those uh, few corporations were the fact that learning and being young, I was in my 20s and being exposed to that huge training, they really invest in their people. So that was really, really great. That's awesome. Like a, a good stepping stone for the rest of my career. Great. You also worked at uh, TIA Craft and Citibank, and then uh, which leads to your burnout, 2016, and then the Chamber. So how did that? How did that all come about? So, for those who yeah. don't know, we're listening nationally. You were heavily involved with the statewide Hispanic Chamber of Commerce in New Jersey. Can you can you explain the bridge there? <laughs> yeah. C- so so when I had to stop everything, and it was really a lot about soul searching, like what's next for me or how can I do this in a way that I can find balance? How can I have my professional career and be fulfilled with that? And at the same time, raise a family away from family. My family and my husband's family, everybody's in Argentina. We are the only ones here. So it's extremely hard when you have no support network, right? So how can I, you know, be really successful in all of these areas in my life. So it became a point in my life that, as I said, life forced me to stop. And that's because I had not been listening to the warning signs. And that's important for people right now in the times we're living, not to take yourself to the point of exhaustion, right? If your body is tired, needs to eat or sleep, take the time to do that. I did not give myself the time to do that. So that's why I didn't listen for those warning signs and I ended up like I ended up. So, but what happened in 2016 is because I stopped everything and I took some time off from work. I'm, I, as I say, I, step, I stepped away from my laptop right, <laughs> for the right. first time in a long right. time. Right. I went to a community event. I, you know, participated in a Hispanic event organized by the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce of New Jersey. So I really liked that event. I really liked the, I felt very welcome. It was really a great experience and I went for a second one. So that's when I met the leadership at the chamber and they approached me and they invited me to lead for them their Hispanic Entrepreneurship Training Program, which is a program that serves small businesses, helps them put together a business plans, build the pillars so that they can scale up, grow their businesses and access opportunities. And I said, yes. So that's how I started to be involved with the Hispanic community. So, so for the chamber, what happened with the chamber is that when I stopped everything that I was doing, and as I always like to say, I stepped out of my laptop for, you know, the friends, a Latina event organized by the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce of New Jersey. And I really liked the energy. I felt very welcome. And I really, I really enjoyed the experience. So I went to a second event and I started to meet all the leadership in the chamber. 
and they eventually invited me to be a coach for small businesses and after that to lead offer for free to small businesses in the tri-state area, mostly New Jersey, but in the tri-state area. It's open to, to minorities, particularly Hispanics. And that's how I got involved for the first time really closely. And that's the blessed corporate life and working with big clients. And then, you know, my life was limited to a group of maybe 10 people at work, maybe 15 at some point. But this became hundreds of people. I estimate that I worked closely with roughly four to five hundred, three to four years. So it was, you know, a lot of people and really an immersion, a huge immersion in our Hispanic community. The problems our people have in terms of access to capital, access to opportunities, on, you know, we, we, we ourselves build. Right. So it was a full immersion into, into our, our community. Wow. Very, very powerful stuff. So 4,500 business owners. So well, how do you think, how do you think, um, we could just network, as Lisa the host always mentions. How do you think we could, um, people like you and I could, could help address yeah, that? Yes, so it's a problematic that has to be tackled from many angles. So it's not only one organization that can really solve this issue. It's all of us together. So on one end, corporation programs, and they really do not open those opportunities up to many micro-businesses. To give you a number, 90% of small businesses in the U.S. have less than $250,000 of sales per year. So those are corporations prefer to give opportunities to the big ones. It's easier for them to sign a $1 million contract than to sign 10 contracts for $100,000. So the opportunities are not really available right now. The government, same thing. There is no clarity, particularly in the state of New Jersey, as to the percentage of contracts from the government that go to women and minorities. Apparently, the percentages are really low, less than 5%. But then with them that compiles all the contracts in the state of New Jersey. So, and definitely places like the chamber are key because they give these businesses these opportunities of available to them. They give these businesses individual coaching, which is extremely important, that little hand holding, you know, to help our people in English or Spanish to really understand what they need to do next. That coaching is extremely important to connect with each other, what we call community building, and they end up referring each other. So the chamber has been extremely successful in the last years to create these types of opportunities, but a lot has to be done from other corp. Our own responsibility, I have to say, as business owners, and I include myself, something that I learned, and that brings me to why I created Abundancia Consciente, something that I learned by working with four to 500 Hispanics in the last three to four years, best business plan the best coach, and they will take it and they will grow. That happens. They experience growth, which is extremely important and great, and great news, news. But at some point, they stop growing again, particularly immigrants. And 60% of Hispanic business owners are immigrants. And those who are first generation, that we are not um, in the mindset of creating success as business owners. We grew up not seeing a can use guidance from our close family members. We do not have that generally. So it has to be a work from within that we you know, support our people to create that mindset and really change and believe that something big. So that's how you know, I've embarked on that mission with Abundancia Consciente. No, I love it. I love it. So I want to, before I get, jump into your, your organization, so from a, what, is it, what advice would you give small business owners that are struggling or having trouble um, in, in this pandemic? Well, what comes to mind is that generally for small businesses, it has been all about the money. So, and I understand it's extremely stressful when your numbers do not, you know, help you. And at the end of the month, you're struggling to, but now we have 
thankfully, I have seen the last year many opportunities in, in the shape of grants and small business loans. And the NJEDA has been extremely involved with that as well. So there are resources out there that were not available to us. Important. And it's great news. However, we need as a community to think beyond money, right? It's not about the money. And my advice to people who become entrepreneur and they have a business is think about how value that you're bringing. Because unless you have a good value, you are really creating a difference. You are solving a problem. And you know how to communicate what you are doing. No one right. will buy from you, right? Or a few people may buy from you because they could to your fullest potential. So think about, go beyond what's the problem today that is money, finances, and think about, take the time to think, how can I use the, what I offer, my product, my service? People who are looking for this, that have a problem that I can solve. So I have a solution for them. I'm a painkiller for what they are experiencing. Who are those people? and approach them. Businesses, when you ask them, who's your market? They say, all women in the US. <laughs> so the lesson here is you need to narrow down. You need to find, you may not need to have, you know, millions of clients for your business to really prosper, a hundred clients. So be very narrow and that will help you focus your narrative and really go after the people who are willing to invest Great in you. Great point as far as uh, fo focusing on a niche, right? And, and narrowing, it, narrowing it down. Don't focus on the mass on the mass marketing. Love it. Uh, small businesses, is it uh, strategy, personal development? Is it both? Can you kind of elaborate so In the beginning, <laughs> three, four yeah. years ago, I helped them with strategy, with understanding their client base, with positioning themselves in a way that is unique and really reinforces what they advantage. And anything that has to do with business development, finances. So that's how I started business plans. But then I learned that, you know, there was this mindset thing going on that where our people need support is in really identity create, right? Uh, because and this, I've been working with a lot of women, a lot of Latinas and some men as well. But a commonality across the board has been a sense of success in the U.S. is not for me or it's very grow, but really be like a big scale that's not available for me. I don't think I have the, the tools that I, that I need for that. Particularly, I don't think I have the confidence or I don't think I have the personal abilities that I need to take my business to hesitate about their own abilities. And that shows when they go to meetings with proposals or approach new, new clients, that shows that lack of confidence or hesitation. And sometimes that's subconscious. Like most of us, most of us are the first ones to do something that no one in our families did before. So your beliefs, your system, your, your, the way of thinking gets quite set by the way you are 18 years old. So think it's available for you before 18 years old and what's available now. So the world changed and the, the opportunities for us Hispanics are completely different than what they were when we were 15, 16, 18, or, or even what we have in now, that's what I added in my curriculum is to help our people identify how we are blocking ourselves from success and how to overcome those, you know, mindset blocks. Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, so tell me about the initiative with, with this blog. Tell me how, how that came about. So Abundance Consciente was born roughly, I would say less than a year ago and was born thanks to COVID. <laughs> That's one of the blessings of COVID. I started to have Zoom calls. I invited people to participate entirely for free. And I had like two months of weekly Zoom calls in which I shared with them all the tools that I myself tried with me. Remember that I said four years, yeah. I really did a lot of research on 
you know, how the brain works, how we operate, how, you know, human beings and, uh, operate and their belief system and how we essentially block ourselves from success and abundance that we can have. And I did a lot of research about that and I implemented that in my life because I said, I'm not going to make this mistake. Definitely, I didn't want to make that mistake twice. I want to achieve success, but also with my family, my family in Argentina, my parents, my husband here, my kids, having relationships with friends, you know, having time to do things that I love to do, hobbies, fun. So tackle all the areas in my life. So now in my second year of a master's in spiritual science, all those tools I'm bringing to our community through Abundancia Consciente. So I tested them with me. I worked with other people. And then with the pandemic, I put together these Zoom calls and people shocked. And that's when I decided to, you know, I was invited to be on TV actually wow. for the TV of like um, the TV, TVV, which is a channel from Venezuela, but they are here in Miami and they broadcast to the US nationally or a website for my company for, for Abundancia Consciente. So that's when I said, this is really getting to people. They see value in this. They are embracing this. And then I created the website. You can find a bilingual blog. Everything is bilingual. A bilingual blog. I will start with a podcast very soon. Entirely in Spanish that you can complete at your own pace. And it's six weeks long. So it has worksheets and webinars. And you can learn about these tools and how to incorporate them in your life. So, wow. Has, wow, you did a lot with this pandemic. That's good. That's good. It, it forces us it forced us to prevent ourselves, yes, right? Yes. Do you agree? You know, Jairo, this is the time to... <laughs> I, I was challenged to stop in 2016, but this is for humanity, the time yeah. to stop. I don't know when. Uh, first of all, we have learned that we yeah. can work from home. Companies now are learning that they do not need to have these massive overheads. So we have proved that a good hybrid yeah. is possible, right? Time in the office to be with people, time from home. But the most important part is to have more time to have, more to have more time because we don't commute, right, to work. We don't go to see clients. To have more time. So the question is, how are you going to use your time? Are you going to use your time to use your time to connect with yourself and really take this as a pause in your life where you can find out what's next for you? And I have seen people around me making huge decisions, career changes, people who left corporate things. This is kind of, let's say, accelerating a process for us, for human beings globally. And people who really embrace this as an opportunity for inner connection are finding that they were not happy, right? So that's the opportunity we have to really pause and use that time to go in and understand what is it that I want? What is it that I can contribute to better my community? And use this time to make the... I agree 100%. What could people find you? Uh, what could people find information regarding the course or just find... So or just my website for people who are looking to grow themselves is abundanciaconsciente.net or consciousabundance.net. Now for organizations, I want to bring this information is a longer term program that is a habit changing program. So it brings new habits for people to build resilience and to navigate these times, you know, with balance. Those programs are more longer term. They can visit Alpha. Valeria, it's a pleasure having you. We had, we had a great deep conversation about your, your roots, where you came from. And, and everything that you've, how far you've come along your career. So thank you very thank much you for, for having being me. Thank you so much. Do you want to promote your product or services to your target audience, but don't know how? Do you struggle with social media marketing and management? Do you have challenges of lead generation for your business online? Well, look no further. Get more clicks. Media helps with SMS, MMS, and email marketing. Also social media marketing and management, video marketing, lead generation, brand recognition, SEO, e-commerce, and website development. 
For more information, please visit getmoreclicksmedia.com. That's getmoreclicksmedia.com. Hi, this is Dr. B here again with Valeria. Valeria, how are you? Very good. Thank you. Thank Doing you. great. Thank you. Just a little follow-up combination of two interviews. Uh, a lot has happened over the past couple of months, and I know you uh, wrote a book. Tell us about your book. So I'm writing a book with the support of Georgetown University for Latinas in the U.S. And this book was born from the idea of how can I help more Latinas? Based on my work with hundreds of Latinas in the, in the last years, I made it my purpose, my mission to support as many Latinas as I can with the tools and knowledge and what I have learned from working with them. How can we share this collective knowledge in a way? So the book is launching in December, printing in December. It's going to be on crowdfunding in July. So it's coming out very soon. And I'm going to be building a community that will, you know, kind of support me and I will support them through the launch of the book, choosing the final title. So far it's Uncolonized Latinas, but choosing the final title, you know, giving me feedback on some chapters, choosing the design and so on. Amazing, amazing job. And I know I've, I've been part of that journey. So thank you so much. So why, why did you write the book? So everyone, I always ask this question to all my authors of so why. So everyone has their why. So what is your why in writing this book? My why with this book is to help more people. So in the last three to four years, I have been supporting the Latina community in different ways. And I learned a lot too. It was like a like an immersion into our struggles, into also our victories. And I have been sharing that in my consulting projects, in workshops, but I found the opportunity. I was thinking, how can I reach more people? Because there is this opportunity that we have as Latinas to share our stories. And as I said, of struggle, because we don't talk too much about what we came you know, what we went through when we came here to the U.S. or growing up. And we also do not share enough of what works, right? What did work for you? Our victories, how do you negotiate pricing? How do you find your voice? How do you stand up in an environment where you are the only Latina? So gathering those stories from people who went through those experiences, you know, and sharing that with the community in a broader way. So that was my why, essentially. Amazing. I mean, it was segues to my next question as far as a process, right? So, you know, I, I wrote a book, of course, Networking with Success, and mine is very more qualitative where I had some two cents as far as my perspective on networking. I interviewed four folks that I thought were masters in, in networking, right? So I, it sounds like you was yours is more qualitative. Can you kind of walk us through the process? Uh, me, the way I did it, I, I did it as far as outline. So I wrote chapter one, I'm going to talk about this, two, three, four, five, and I kind of wrote at that point. And then I just, at the end, I did the interviews, right? So how was your process? Can you kind of elaborate on your process? So let's say that I had figured out the book entirely from the very beginning. Sure. And then when I started to talk to Latinas, my book changed almost entirely. So what I thought was going to be the book became only 20% of the book. Right. The remaining 80% was navigating with them, learning with them through their experiences you know, listening to them. And really, you know, what I discovered through the process is that 
I didn't know as much as I thought about some people that I had very close in my life, like people who, who I had known for maybe five to 10 years that had a story growing up that I didn't know or had a story immigrating to the U.S. that I didn't know. So it was such a big learning personally, you know, as a professional, as a human being of how Latinas, we don't share those stories and how there is so much power in sharing what we went through. So that became part of the book. So healing our past in a way and everything that happened. And then, so I, I, I would say that I interviewed maybe 50 Latinas. So it was very, <laughs> very wow, busy. That's a lot. 50 is a lot. I, yeah. They always, I remember from my uh, dissertation, it said a, a phonological, I can't even pronounce it, but, but it's to, that, with that design, you interviewed 20 people. I was like, whoa, that's a lot. But 50, I can, that's like double, almost triple. <laughs> so that's yeah, I was, honestly, I was planning to interview 20. Right. And then there was some word of mouth happening. And some friends said, oh, you should interview this person and this person. So I started to interview more people. And it became so rich in content because suddenly I had Latina business owners, Latina executives in corporations, Latinas who work with the community. So I had this breadth of experiences. And also Latinas from, you know, immigrants or born in the U.S., Afro-Latinas, that we need to hear Afro-Latinas. You know, the colorism in our community is big. So making sure that we, that we include all the voices became very important. And then also, I also did research. So I read like many research reports. There is not a lot of information about you know, the book is about what limits us as Latinas, how we carry these ancestral cultural behaviors that come from the times of colonization. We come from colonized countries and how today, more than 500 years later, those behaviors still exist, right? We do a lot of hard work, but we keep our heads down. We generally do not ask for what we need we have a hard time expressing our opinions because we are becoming self-conscious of what people will think or will this limit my career, you know? So there are many behaviors that have been limiting us. So the book went in depth into exploring those. So it's a collection of those stories, those experiences, but also research, psychologists, PhDs participating in this. I got some dissertations from, you know, friends, PhD friends. Uh, it has, you know, input from professors, from doctors, psychologists. So it has, it's a, it's a wide range of, you know, of a collection of information, of research and of, of interviews. Amazing. I mean, it sounds like it's very enriching and, and I'm excited to read it. So I'm looking forward to it. So I have two questions. Should be, um, next to last question is, um, what advice would you give to someone who who's always wanted to write a book for whatever reason hasn't put pen to paper, whether it's time, money, there's a lot, there's a lot of excuses. So what, what advice would, would you give to the federal, especially Latina um, entrepreneur who for whatever reason has not put pen to paper, what advice would you give them this as far as to write that book? In my own experience, I decided to write a book in 2015 and I started to write a book, but then I, you know, I didn't finish that. So in 2021, I said, I'm going to write a book in 2021. And I started this book, the second book, the first one never published, it's not finished. And the second one I started, and I was very blessed to find the community. That to me was key, two things. One, to find the community, 
right? Like a program or a community because you need to be held in a way, I'm not saying accountable, but moving forward together makes a big difference. Yeah. So when you see that others are going through, because it's not easy, you know this, yeah. writing a book no. is not easy. Not so you need that support and the community that will help you move forward with it. Number one. Number two, micro steps. I made it very intentional that each single day I was going to write, write something or research or talk to people, interviews. So it was very intentional about, you know, every single day it had to move forward a little. So in four months, essentially, I wrote the entire book. Now I'm going to be editing it, but it happened in four months just because you know, the, the micro, the intentionality behind the micro steps and the community that we all move together. So those two were key. I don't think I would have written the book without those. <laughs> Love it. No, I, I get it. Community support and micro steps. I wrote them down yes. for sure. Absolutely. Last question. Where can people find your book? Where can they purchase your book? So my book will be coming out in December and will be in Amazon, in Barnes and Noble and in Walmart. But until then, you can follow, follow me on Instagram where I share, you know, some of the content, some stories, Valeria Aloe underscore author. That's my, my Instagram address. My love, it. love it. Love it. Thank you, Valeria, once again. Appreciate it. I'm looking forward to the read. Thanks for being on. Thank you, Jairo. Thank you so much. Have a great day. <laughs> but hello, everybody. Thank you so much. Has the pandemic changed the way you prospect today? Do you struggle prospecting for new leads for your business? Do you have challenges and don't have a process when networking at an event either virtually or online? Well, look no further. Borja Consulting Group's Transforming Your Way to Success online course is a solution. In this eight-week intensive course, you will go from networking novice to networking guru. As a bonus, 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 two coaching sessions with Dr. Jairo Borja himself are now included in the course. Don't miss this amazing opportunity to transform your pipeline, increase quality leads, close more deals, and transform your way to success. For more information, please visit our website, www.borjaconsultinggroup.com. That's www.borjaconsultinggroup.com. Hello, friends. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Dr. B Show, sponsored by 111 Spa Anesthetics, Get More Clicks Media, and Borja Consulting Group's Transforming Your Way to Success online course. Remember to transform your pipeline, increase quality leads, and go from networking novice to networking guru with Borja Consulting Group's Transforming Your Way to Success online course. Please visit our website at www dot borhaconsultinggroup.com. Take care.